You hit the wrong button. Warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy, whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because The Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Johnny, come lately. I did it. You did it. It's before the gospel, so you can still receive it. <laughs> Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. We are uh, welcomed. Or we are welcoming again mm. a, a guest from last week, Father Bonaventure Chapman. I'm back. It's great to have you back. <laughs> This is we actually recorded back to back, so that's why kind of like Dave's wearing the same shirt. Yeah. He's yeah. still here. So are you, Father? Yeah, yeah. that uh, you. That's correct. <laughs> I was gonna say you don't know that, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about uh, Blessed John Dun Scotus. If you did not get a chance to listen Dunce. to that, Dunce. Scotus. I thought you said Dun. Dunce. Okay, sorry. Uh, you know what? Scotus. I think the Dun Scotus it all runs together. Mm. That's why I think yeah, it's right. Dun so. Scotus. Maybe yeah. So. Sorry, to- my to- bad. God, to- 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 hey, God done did it. My bad, bro. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. But if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go check that out. That was a, a, a really great conversation. We figured out that the intellect and the will, uh, which one comes first, which comes second, which one dominates, we didn't do it. We didn't figure any of that out, but we talked about it. We closed in on it. We closed a in. A lot of stuff is just closing in and removing the negativa. You know, it's like yeah. 20 you questions. That's like, right. Get rid of this stuff. You're closing in on it. If you knew it, you to actually know it would be, I suppose, God, but any of this kind of stuff. But so, as humans, we just kind of get pretty close to the what, more or less. You're kind of just pairing off the bad things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. someday, yeah, uh, someday we'll know. And at the end of yeah. last, uh, in the last episode, we've you can't we, hope. Dare we? <laughs> dare. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad translation of that title, by the way. That's <laughs> not what it says. Going to say dare we hope. It says may, may we. It's a durfin, so it has a. It's been translated in American as just like kind of dare we. It, English English comes off in that translation of Balthazar's book mm-hmm. as more aggressive, kind of like challenging. Like getting but into the breach almost. Like Yeah, exactly. Like dare we hope. It has this kind of forward, but it's in, in German it's 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 more of a kind of may we, is it possible? Like it's hesitant, kind of just wondering. So it doesn't have the kind of but you know, when you do you want to sell books and this kind of thing. So that hmm. you could say that like the misunderstanding of Balthazar's position is almost entirely due to a bad translation of the title that that people don't pay attention to. Different topic, though. Does he say yes, though? <clears throat> he says, may we hope. We may hope. Yeah. He says, maybe we can. Yeah. It's may, which is which is the Catholic position. I mean, may we hope But for... dare we hope, it sounds like, you know, ought we to hope. But wait, can't you, we, wait, we can it, hope. Yeah, it's like for each person individually. Yeah. But not but as a whole. I don't think that there's a hope that there will be nobody there's, in hell. Hell is empty. Well, if I if I if I hope for each individual personal, so each if each individual cannot be can can be saved. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they can. Then we just do an aggregate. Isn't this just an aggregate solution? Here? Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah, I, but just because you hope doesn't mean it, it's going to happen. Oh right. my gosh, that's why it's it's yeah right. exactly right. Like, yeah. I mean, I can hope that there's in fact you cows. might even in fact you might even think like you know, uh, it's really unlikely. 
you might think almost certainly unlikely. So is it po- you know is it possible that a 747 collapses on us right now? Yeah, I suppose so. It falls, but like it being possible doesn't mean anything about being probable or like likely and this kind of thing. In fact, you might think I'm not even worried until you you and I worry until I mention the 747 might fall on this house right now, right? I'm not worried about that. Yeah, yeah. Wh- but but it might, you know. But it's, it, but it's so right. so you might think the same thing. Like, is it possible? Yeah, but you know. Pretty unlike. Blah, blah, also, blah. it seems like Judas. He's definitely in hell. It seems like he's definitely there. And I know I'm using, yeah, different varieties yeah, of yeah. words there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, the trick is here's. I think the hardest. Not. I know the church doesn't say that. Not so much. But Judas. you know what? I kind of do. Yeah, not so much. I don't, I Once think, again, I think qualifying. Satan, I think Satan's the toughest one. Uh, and not, in that argument, mm. Balthazar to run his argument, he has to turn Satan into like an unperson. Um, oh, so he says there's no angels, there's no demons in hell. Well, well, if if everyone's if everyone's saves universal salvation, then then perhaps, right? You dare we hope? Why not? What? But don't we know he's in hell? Um, well, isn't yeah, that like an official teaching of the church? Well, stuff? that's a good question. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, this is. I think the answer is yes. Mm. Um, but I, I want to qual- I. But he has a he has a he has a slippery way of doing of dealing yeah. with this because Baltzar is not. Idiot. I don't like slippery and, things. And something like and something like he's not a person, um, he's an unperson. He's ended himself. But he's not annihilated. It's a it's That's not you know. Anyways, it's a but I, I just to say, uh, Baltazar is not uh, a universalist uh, in the way that people conceive him as being a universalist. Um, but you know, we could have we could do that. that was, if we want. No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't. Carl Bart was a universalist. Uh, so he's Protestant. This Protestant guy who you know I'm a, I I I was I lived with a, a professor who, who studied under him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and he said, yeah, well, he said Carl Bard when I asked him about it, said, I do not teach universalism, but I don't not teach it, <laughs> you know. And if you're a Calvinist uh, and you have the position he has, then it's determinative because right. f- there's no freedom yeah. of the will in Calvinism. Right. Yeah. It's like Thomism, uh, and then uh, so but for for like Catholic freedom of the will then. You you know you don't have determinate universalism unless you're silly about it. How do you reconcile though Jesus saying that it would have been better for Judas not to have been born, or that the way is wide and mm-hmm. and many find it, and that well, few hold on, find hold on, it? Hold on, very hold on. few people believe in yeah yeah the, the Macedon not a doctrine is like let's now we're ready to go yeah. like holy smokes <laughs> I mean remember like Thomas Aquinas describes this too and things like yeah the majority of people would say you 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 yeah, eternal damnation the glory of God you know right like and all fine. Uh-huh. You know, but like, yeah, that's a different massive not is different. Yeah, the massive not a theory of like how many more likely this kind of thing. Right. That's tough, man, because Jesus says it. Right. And right. He is the Lord. Yeah. Right. And um, I think he, but knows. he but probably I, knows. You could say it's I mean, this is where speech act theory comes in, this sort of stuff. So he's he's in incur- blah, blah, blah. We could tell we could tell a story about this. But this one, yours, yours is the better. Yeah, yours, yours is a, it, it, not better. You're great. Um, yeah. But well, like, it's, it's I different, brought it up. That's question. what I was saying. It's like, it seems like he's definitely in hell. Because well, you could Christ say he's better. Says. It's better that he wasn't born. Than this you can say, well, you know, if you really wanted, to, if you had presupposed that it's possible that he he is mm-hmm. uh, saved at some point, then you could you could tell a story about how to make that intelligible, and you know that it it would it be seems better like gymnastics. It's, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't think I would believe that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a good one to tell the kids. I wouldn't tell it. Right. Um. Go for it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not here to defend universalism. <laughs> Um, no desire to defend universal. It's actually not even what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> what about? I just like Balthazar, and I think he gets a bad rap sometimes, so I'm always trying to help out a little bit if I can. 
Okay. I, the only thing I know about him, which is a tie-in segue, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is the whole hell thing. And Ronald Reagan, his speech on Bal- his eulogy yeah. on Baltazar. Mm-hmm. Do you know this? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So Ronald Reagan gave the the eulogy of Hans Wilson Baltazar to the academy, the French Academy. He did. Yeah, because um, what, did uh, he know the guy or something? <laughs> no, there's a tradition. Because uh, you know Reagan's Reagan's German was not always very precise. Our buddy Lackey just told me something about this, and I don't know what. Oh, it's brilliant! It's a great. It's a great. Uh, so this, I love this. Um, so when you when you're put in the French Academy, there's a certain number of chairs, and you're in the immortal, as you're known. Um, and so when you take your chair uh, in the French Academy, you have to eulogize the man's chair you got. So just kind of random, you say. So in '88, uh, when Balthazar died, chair opened up, given to Reagan. So Reagan has to give a speech eulogizing Hansers from Balthazar. Um, it is, I mean, it's good because it's clearly a man. Now, Reagan, he didn't write, obviously didn't write this speech. I've been trying to figure who did. I asked uh, Robert Novick, Robert Novick was, uh, was, was with us next to the house at some point who was a speech writer for him. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael Novick, Robert Novick, another person, Michael Novick. Um, and I, I asked him, because I figured it must be, because it's someone who kind of knows a little bit about this stuff and you, you know mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't ask any random catholic and he's he was a catholic speech writer michael novak and i said did you write that speech and he said no no i didn't and i said who wrote it then he said i don't know who wrote it so it's mm. i you know maybe someone could find this out but it is it's tremendous because uh he says he gups right front like i not know anything about father both uh, father <laughs> father von balthazar until today until this this give me this i speech. didn't know this man uh, existed until but he would probably ago. he would probably agree with me on x and then uh, X, Y, and Z, and a number of X, Y is good, but Z, he, he like totally misunderstands whoever wrote this. Totally misunderstands Balthazar's conception of of technology, and Balthazar is like a Heideggerian. Uh, he believes that technology views the world in a particular way that, you, that takes away damage from, damages it, and helps hurts our understanding of and appropriation of humanity. And this thing has like Balthazar would agree with me that technology is like the greatest thing, and we're pushing out further and further into space and it's like there is no i mean but but it's it is really quaint and delightful and even the idea i mean the fact it's kind of like a christopher nolan movie uh you get a's as far as in four stars no matter what because he's he's going for the biggest ideas dealing with time space causality and stuff so like a plus now let's talk about where you missed out on some of these things here Uh because it's but so so reagan even giving a talk on von baltzer it's like all right that's great love it fantastic now look at this bizarre contradiction (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, but it's great. You can you can find it's hard to find online, but you can you can you can find it out there. And once you find it, you should save it as a PDF because uh, it is sure. delightful. Nice. This is cool. Like incidents, you know, of like people relating across spheres. Like when was it AJ Air um, defended Tyra Banks against Mike Tyson in a in a kitchen in uh, in England at a, at a at a party. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As really cool, <laughs> really cool. Did not know that. So these, I, you just got to collect these kind of stories when you have like people. You crossing. mean like physically defended? Yeah. So AJ um, against Mike Tyson. Yeah, AJ was in. He was at a. It was some. And Mike Tyson wanted. So Mike Tyson to beat was, up Tyra Banks. No, didn't want to beat her up. Um, he wanted to befriend her, um, and was befriending her in a particular way. I see. And so AR comes and uh, and like pull, kind of separates him for a second, in the in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and she gets away, and and he calms him down. Uh, in a particular way, and she's escaped by this time, and so he's good to go. Did not know that story. I didn't either. But we're going to talk about art today. And other things. And, other, and, that, and, and, and we'll see wherever... Yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens. God, know. and that's it. We're going to talk about Jesus. I love Jesus. Big thing.
Wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support the Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Man Show sent you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam and Hannah. Our special guest today is Father Bonaventure Chapman. That's me. Boom. So we talked about some random things already. Yeah, not some entirely in- random. Interesting. Interesting. Actually, you things. can kind of pull them all together. Again, you can. All things, I suppose, in Christ. <laughs> uh, but we were going to talk about art. Yeah. Well, I could tie him if you want. Yeah, let's um, do it. Let's, let's tie it. Adam was talking about this as well. Yes. Um. So. If people, your your listeners, viewers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. drawers, might be attentive to uh, Bishop Barron. They've probably heard of him before. And Bishop Barron's big on um, on, on beauty yeah. and arts. And he gets, he's from that somewhat, you could say from Balthazar, we talked about earlier, because Balthazar, oh, Lake Cuomo, there it is. Okay. Um, so, oh, yeah, you know, that, uh, sorry, that was squirrel. great. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. But Lake Cuomo was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like his letters at Lake Cuomo. It's just Heidegger. Yeah, yeah. and you mean it's the Cordini. letters too. I mean, I'm sure the lake is nice too. Yeah, but I'm talking about actually the letters. Yeah, yeah it's more important than the actual lake because it's, it's human as opposed to just nature. Um, that's what art's about. It's human, mm. not nature. Um, so, mm. but Balthazar has this interesting uh, reflection. He has a trilogy on uh, what are traditionally known as the transcendentals, these kind of things that cut across all, all categories, which are the true, the good, and the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas will be like, ah, beautiful. We'll just not really transcendental, but let's just bracket it for now. Um, and it's it's because Kant, Immanuel Kant, the great philosopher, uh, he wrote three critiques, three big books on philosophy. Uh, first one is Critique of Pure Reason, which is on judgment and truth, you could say. Second one is on Critique of mor- of Practical Reason, some morals, the good. Uh, and then the third one is the Critique of 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 well, aesthetic judgment and nature. So it's a, it's kind of a beautiful. And he goes truth, goodness, and beauty. And Balthazar's trilogy, 16 volumes, um, uh, switches it. And so he does the Theo aesthetic, glory of the Lord, Herrlichkeit. Um, so that's seven volumes on beauty. <laughs> Every German word sounds so mean. <laughs> um, it's a it's a beautiful language because uh, nothing says I love you like ich liebe dich. Ich liebe dich. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, it's really good, but it's incredibly precise. It's you just could say ich liebe sie if you wanted to be more formal. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't be loving that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> you know, this is not like British love, okay? <laughs> uh, although like German love is kind of you, stabbing, dear. right? <laughs> I love you, dearest. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so the seven volumes of the, of, of the, the theo aesthetics so a theological aesthetics uh-huh. uh beauty and then five volumes of a theological drama theodrama so goodness and then theologic three volumes on on truth you could say uh and then the last one is is an epilogue just in case you missed it he put another thing that's six, six that's 16 total it's beautiful thing. uh and baron takes this as an important element 
you can combine this. So he he takes Balthazar's kind of in today's, not like necessarily his aesthetics has to lead, although I think Balthazar has a claim about priority there, but in the evangelical sense that truth people are just not that interested in today. It's hard lead, hard sell on that right off the bat. Um, goodness is controverted because of utilitarianism and different conceptions of morality and stuff. And just, But you can kind of catch people off guard with beauty, that there's something about beauty that people just kind of have to agree about, and that beauty, at least, is an aspect in leading to the faith. Mm-hmm. And so art becomes then a vehicle for evangelization. Uh, Dostoevsky says that beauty may save, that beauty will save, can save the world. I forget what his modal yeah. claim oh, is there. I am so sorry. I oh, yeah. Not yeah like, was it phone. in the future beauty will save the world? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like beauty. Yeah, it's a modal term. Is it beauty can or beauty will or beauty can? I think it's beauty, it it beauty will save the beauty world. Beauty sa- will save the world. Yeah, and who knows if that one Russian, if that's like, you know, necessarily will. My or, Russian is poor. I'll tell you. <laughs> most Russians are. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, the, 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 that so Balthazar kind of brought, at least in the theological thing, uh, a sense of aesthetics and beauty and then Baron takes this up and so you see this in some circles and about that that beauty is a way of evangelizing uh, and then you can tie it with I mean in the sense that the church the Catholic Church especially has always been really attentive to mm-hmm. uh, to art and to beauty mm-hmm. as a vehicle of knowing the divine and knowing us the Vatican cares a lot about art it has a big art museum in there of course some beautiful masterpieces why for money no because it's a it's a shepherd of the arts Francis just a couple days ago read something someone else wrote I mean wrote a uh, a short letter to artists on the 50th year uh, celebration of the Vatican's modern art collection it's a three-page little address it's actually very nice um, he wrote uh-huh. one on Pascal a few days ago which was very nice as well uh, June nineteenth, I should say. That threw a lot of people off. Writing, I know, a, a, a letter on Pascal. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, he he gave that speech. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I guess gave it, but yeah. W- when that came out, it's like, yeah, it's really he, good. People were very like it bridged a lot of gaps it's, for people. Actually. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I it's it reminded me. I mean, I I like Pascal a lot. Um, but I mean, I saw things in there in Pascal I hadn't. I'd forgotten about that he'd said things like, guys, oh, it's fantastic. And he didn't say the thing most people say, Pascal is kind of a heart has has reasons that reason doesn't know about, mm-hmm. you know, will and love, this kind of thing. He doesn't use that one. You'd think that'd be an easy Franciscan kind of sell uh, in both ter- sense of the terms. He uses other ones that are just brilliant. Um, so anyway, that's, that's uh, yeah, and he quotes from Jean-Luc Marion's newest book on metaphysics uh, produced in French in 2023, just a month or two ago. I looked at that and I thought... Just no way. Pope Francis is reading Jean-Luc Marion's newest book on metaphysics in French that just came out like a month ago. <laughs> but I could be told, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if you want to write a book and make sure that it sells as few copies as possible, yeah. you choose the topic of metaphysics. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, that's a big section of Barnes and Noble, man. But do not get those books because they mean something very different by metaphysics. I <laughs> wish it involved power crystals. <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're publishing to a very narrow audience there. But anyway, yeah. But so okay. So but back to art though. So the bolts are leading to art, and the fact that there is there's something too. Um, I want we just might reflect on like the the value of art, mm-hmm. whether it can save the world. And we're going to use beauty and art kind of interchangeably, although I think there's a significant point to make about the two. Um, but that there's something about art that's distinctively human mm-hmm. uh, and distinctively important 
and that if we miss out on it, we're missing out on not only opportunities to know God, but to know who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knowledge of self, of course, is related to knowledge of God in terms of knowing yourself, knowing God, knowing yourself as being poor and wretched and sinful. And But in the image of God, yet requiring, demanding something else in a sense, and then knowing God is kind of responding to that. So I think that's what strikes me in the Balthazarian key is that art has, there is something about this claim that that, that art is important, that beauty is important, and therefore art is to be is to be important. At the same time, I live in Washington, D.C., and they have beautiful free galleries there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one gallery is just like this ring. It's called the, it's called the Hirschhorn Gallery. Um, and it is a modern art gallery, or a contemporary art gallery, if we make that distinction. Um, and you're just wandering around that thing. And I think, you know, we could just set this on fire and nothing would be lost. <laughs> nothing. Like, I remember going looking, there was, there was a... a a lit up wall thing. It was a neon sign that said four colors, four colors. And get this. It was each one color. was Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at that wall and I thought, priceless. <laughs> Who just just what priceless. A, what a genius. Yeah. And then you see, you know, there's like a bunch of there's a bunch of broken boxes on the floor. I'm thinking, what's going on? Oh my, there's a sign on them. And it doesn't say like being moved. It says like you do know, not touch. It's do not touch <laughs> the you know the the struggle of 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 humanity in the face of the oppressions, you know, but, you know whatever. Uh, oh, so man. so like it's holding. I think it's the, it says we we me, have this kind of experience. That's of like, not art, it, you, right? You can't call it art. All it is, and so mm. I want you to define modern art because yeah. or, or art in general. Before yeah. before I start hating on. <laughs> <laughs> and just dumping my wrath on a whole yeah, yeah. section of things, I want to make sure it's appropriately dumped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so maybe okay. What's art? What's yeah, modern yeah, art? Question. Where is it that I can dump this load of wrath? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. yeah, exactly. You got to do it. I mean, you got to do it. I've got it. Just you just know. back here. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone kind of does. And I think I feel it's really important to distinguish and uh, so just it's in like general. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, sorry. Uh, and too soon. I'm, I'm yeah, you're uh, sorry. I just no, no. It's it's visceral. But this is well. This is the important part about. I mean, art does bring up these kind of passions, uh, but in an intellectual frame. It's not. I'm not just. I don't feel like I'm just emoting. I feel like I have a reason to be this angry. Yeah, you know. So mm-hmm. it's this nice. This which brings us to the. What is art? Um, I mean, art is the fusion. I could. I would say for just a rough calculation here, okay. art is something like the fusion of form and matter okay as made right so art has this so when we talk about art there's something about the 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 material the medium Uh of art and then there's something about what it's what's in it what it's doing what it is this kind of thing conveying now let's break this for a second how does it do this so there's two kinds of you could say schools generally what what how do i pick out what is art about and the traditional one is called representation. So art and kind of uh, is imitation. So art imitates nature, right? Like a good piece mm-hmm. of art for Re- a long period of realism. time. Realism. Some, a good sense of, yeah, although, yeah. So a good sense of art is that it, it, it's responding to, it's trying to copy in some ways nature. Uh, art imitates nature. Uh, we, when we do good art, we're trying to basically kind of follow what the world's up to, you know, to represent, represent the world appropriately. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's interesting that actually I think technology helped us to see that this can't just be right. This can't be this can't be all of it. And maybe not even the most important part of it, although it's necessary in a way, um, is that while there is a representational aspect to it, 
there are these things that were invented at some point in the 1860s, I think it is, or something called cameras. Photography. And that was a sort of game changer to, it forced us to realize and ask questions about what really is art, uh-huh. you know? So maybe that's a good transition. Cool. Okay, we're here with Father Bonaventure Chapman, Dominion House of Studies, and ho- one of the co-hosts of Godsplaining. Go check that podcast out. We'll be right back. We are going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. Next year, during the Easter octave, from April 3rd to the 14th, 2024, for 12 days, we will be in the Holy Land, and we would love for you and your wife and your family to come with us. We're only going to take one bus. A lot of pilgrimages take multiple buses, but we want this to be an intimate uh, opportunity for us to pray together, to eat together, to drink together, to have fun, but also to grow closer to our Lord. So, Check out selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. Sign up today. Again, we're only going to take one bus, so it will fill up. Selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We look forward to seeing you there. It's like gerbil wheels and a bunch of wood blocks. You guys are pedaling in the back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Okay, so we're talking about art, and we were in the process of mm. like so uh, cameras. Is, camera came. Yeah. Cameras came on the scene, which really right. made us take a step back to understand what is you know art. Well, this made us question what we do. We think cause sometimes you think it's a bit like I mean when you understand of anything philosophically, uh, it's it's not like you're seeing new things out there. You're seeing things newly. Like so, a good philosopher and a good. This is what we're as as humans we're able to grasp the invisible in the visible and make distinctions that don't appear immediately. So, like you know, you can distinguish it between your soul and your body, even though I can't see your soul mm-hmm. because you're you're making a, a distinction, an important distinction, grasping something there. And in the same way with art, we're trying to figure out what is what what is this phenomenon of art? Mm-hmm. Like there's just. There's just something about art. People do it. People paint. People do all sorts. There's something there. Well, what is it doing? What is it? It's like, what is a body? What is a human? Um, and we thought for a while, at least, it seemed like representationalism was the big aspect. Realism, but... It's close that. to a real picture. Yeah, it's it, it, it close possible. to... Well, it's close to... Exactly. So we're uh, close to a reality as possible. It's like we're just depicting reality. It's our version. Like, God did this. He made that kind of thing. And I'm going to try to copy him a bit as best I can in two-dimensional space Da Vinci, Michelangelo, you see him doing this. Exactly, exactly. And that's so art, a good art, is is related to how well it represents, and art is about representation. But then cameras came out, and it didn't, re- it didn't replace it, because cameras represent extremely well. In fact, like, basically, perfectly. Right. Much better. A camera is a much better picture of of any situation you could say at least in this representational way mm-hmm. um, from that and so you'd think well <coughs> once we got cameras we don't have to have portraits anymore we don't have to have paintings this kind of stuff we're good to go mm-hmm. but no one thought that was and the minute you hear it you're like oh, a photo is different than a painting and you say well why and i it, it then it, it moved to since actually when we're rep- we're not just representing we're also expressing something right that art is not just uh, a communication of of information, 
pointing to something out there, but rather communication of a thought to us, the, the viewer. It's a conversation piece. It turns out that art is a conversation piece of the, from the artist to, to the audience, the spectator. To him first, he's the first spectator in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself and the audience, and I'm related to that, um, and the artist doing that. So that instead of just representation, you have a sense that actually what art is doing, if it's art, is expressing something. Now, what is it expressing? This opens it up to say, well, is it just emotion? Is it something else? And this is where it all of a sudden, as you get away from representationalism, you have it, it's nice and, and, and clear. So like, it just has to represent this. So, you know, if we're painting a, a mountain, we paint a mountain. If we're painting mm-hmm. a squirrel, we paint a squirrel. Rabbit, rabbit, whatever. Painting Lepanto, we paint Lepanto. So then I can tie it. But once you say, well, wait a minute, the pictures do that, but that doesn't seem like it replaces art. I'm, art is supposed to not just point to that thing, but actually point to me and tell me something about that thing mm-hmm. from the artist's perspective. He's, in a sense, not just a reproducer, but a creator of meaning. Like a cra- like cra- he's crafting this. He's crafting something to say something. Mm-hmm. So art says something by showing something, right? And then you say, whoa, well, are there, what are the boundaries of that painting or that art that, that the medium does to be able to say something? And so that's when you start, once people realize, that, wait a minute, art is not, ju- not just doing representationalism. Uh, it's, about, it's about saying something, expressing something. Then it starts to, well, we can ex- let's experiment with this sort of thing. And find out how far can we push the boundary. Like what, you know. So this is where you start to get more modern art, art things, right? And this is where we all and we're all, because I think we all have the sense that art is supposed to be representationalism. We get to get a little bit antsy about this kind of uh, what in the world is four colors, four colors representing? In some ways, it's representing just four colors, four colors, right? So it's actually super realist. Just it just says nothing to me. It says nothing right. to me. And that's why. So it's it's not bad art. And because or not art, because it's not doesn't look like a bird or whatever. No, it's it looks like what it ought to look like. Neon signs, four cars, four cars. You can say, what are you trying? What are you trying to to make it look like that? Well, it does do that really well. But what is it trying to say? What is it trying to tell me? It could be that I'm just a Neanderthal knuckle dragger, um, and I have missed out on this sort of important expression it's doing. That's possible. Or it could just be... That's not it. It could just be a garbled... What I think is, if it's communication, right, it takes skill and ability to not only have an intention to communicate, but actually be able to communicate that well. And whatever he's he had in mind when he was making that thing, he did not do it well because his intention of his message is unfulfilled in my audience. This is, this is what I... My, what I think is the mm-hmm. problem with a lot of the art today is that what you were saying is that the art is supposed to convey a message. Mm-hmm. And modern art conveys the very absence of a message. Okay, when you have a blank, a, a blank canvas. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, and that's your art. Or when you have these boxes that says, "Oh, the oppression," or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. what the artist is doing is just becoming a marketer and presenting something, sort of like what fortune tellers do. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you something and expect that your own cause is going to fill in their own inabilities, okay? Like, I don't actually have a good message to give you, but I'm going to give you the illusion of a message, knowing that you are going to fill in what I can't do, Yeah. okay? So when you look at the boxes, whatever, 
yeah. junk. Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, the oppression because I, you know, like I have whatever. I'm oppressed. These corners are being broken around right. there because it's not about tight it, edges. It's about the flexibility of things. Right. And I've been damaged by the, by the oppression. And so yep. now me as the viewer, I'm the one actually doing the job for the artist. And they're not actually telling me anything. Yep. So there's nothing even to evaluate. It's there's an, a lack of a message, not where there should be a message. Well, in that sense, you're. This is where, and I don't. It's very, very few actual artists and modern artists, particularly, will say that people say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. You bring the meaning to it." And if I think that's if you read artists and account of their own paintings, um, none of them say. <laughs> very few of them say. Oh, it doesn't matter what you mean. No, it's it's like a letter. I have a purpose. I have an intention in this thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in that case, as you're saying with the boxes, and a lot of modern art, you're ex- you're expected to be the actual artist. In the sense, he's presented you, she or he or she has presented you with with the medium, these crappy boxes or whatever, and you're supposed to develop the, the meaning. But that's you doing the art. Real good art is you discovering not what that thing represents, but what that thing says, mm-hmm. you're supposed to discover there's a, po- a point to this that it says he's making a point. And it should be, if it's good art, if it's good art, it should be a profound point about truth and goodness. So that art is a way of making or showing what otherwise we would either do or say. Mm-hmm. So art, repre- art represents or points to expresses mm-hmm. through its representations truths that we would either do or say, or think. And it's an embodied sense of that, which I think is why one done well, uh, why it's also dangerous, you gotta be careful, one done well, it gets to us in ways that words on pages or certain images don't get to us. Sure. Because it's, in sense, art is fitted to our human nature. What do I mean by that? I mean that we are, unlike anything else in the universe, as far as I can tell, um, rational souls embodied angels are rational spirits god is pure spirit um animals are forming their their souls and bodies but their soul doesn't last for it's not an internal soul it's not not grasping they're not rational it's not it doesn't they're not communicating thoughts and deep desire we're the only things that have the ability to communicate and choose love to know and to love but we do it through our bodies like we that's you know Mm -hmm. let's just leave the afterlife out of this for a moment um uh at least the before the resurrection kind of thing. We'll leave aliens out too. We'll leave those out too. Yeah. Don't worry about those. Do not be scared of them. Um, they're they are not around. Um, so, but but we that we do this, this is part of JP 2s kind of language of the body stuff, which is just you know a fancy way of of saying that we're Aristotelians and we believe in hylomorphism, form and matter, and then we're bodies and souls, and we're not bodies with souls like or souls with bodies carrying around, but we're we're a unified embodied thing, and our meaning, you know, comes always in a sense comes with a vehicle of matter. You know, even when I'm speaking, like we keep, we do think that, oh, words are just kind of like, you know, thoughts. No, it's, words are, they have sonic quality. You're hearing me, but you can't hear me unless I'm also making some noises. But those noises are just the medium for the message, the understanding of what that means. And just like, Mm -hmm. if you've heard other languages you don't know, you're hearing the same thing as that other guy is, but why don't you understand it? Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you don't, you can't interpret it. And so it's very, I think, because communication is this form and matter thing, our sight is the same way, art has this ability, and it's the most human, I would say, vehicle to get at transcendence or meaning or the deeper questions because it's embodied in this way. 
so it's it's uh it's and when art then therefore when art is done well is it's it's actually saying true things about the world and about ourselves and what i think annoys us so much to the point of you know apoplectic uh hatred as as dave you have here yeah um is that that's correct it ought to do so well it's like you should be able to say beautiful things and what i don't even know what you're telling me i literally see see things and i i want to look to the artist and say you should be ashamed of yourself yeah like you i do you feel like that was so embarrassed if i were but do you feel like that with abstract art oh yes absolutely abstract art is just it's just a whole pile of crap now what do you mean now what do you mean by abstract art? abstract artists are people who wish they were good at painting and aren't and so the only thing they can do is make up random things on a you know and like try to ascribe meaning to something that has no meaning and pretend to be profound i'll talk about this in a minute (laughs) (laughs) prove me wrong (laughs) we'll be right back Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, but humor me here. This October, hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado. Beautiful Estes Park, Colorado in October. It's going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue and a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, exodus90.com slash the summit. We're going to be there. Dave and I, we're going to be giving a talk. We're going to have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, exodus90.com slash summit. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. We're talking about art. I don't know if I made it clear where I stand right before the last, but right before the last break on uh, abstract art. so-called yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I, but so Father, you're going to try to give, you're going to do your best. Yeah, I'll do my best to give a defense of abstract art. Sure. Now, also, we still have not defined modern art. I mean, is that just simply art that's being made today? Well, it depends because there's the modern that's era, contemporary, you know, which is yeah. actually not. Now, right. I think I think generally people when they think of modern art, there's usually modern art and contemporary art. And contemporary art is the kind of you know twentieth century kind of stuff. Modern art is you know a little bit before that. Um, maybe it starts with Picasso or something or Cezanne. So we're moving from moving very far from this representationalism to kind of pure expressionism. And then modern art, we tend to think of. So modern we tend to think of as, as you say, abstract art and use those together. Um, I think it's a semantic issue. It depends what people say. I mean, when we do basically there. I've never been to a museum of abstract art like the, you know, the you know, the museum of abstract art in New York. No, it's the museum of modern art, MoMA or something or like that. So we tend to think of modern art as distinct from historical periods, the kind of classical representational art. But of course, any demarcation is always tricky. It's like the Middle Ages and modernity modern, well where the boundaries are always tricky right when do you when does the middle age start is it augustine in 400 you know or is it boethius or mm-hmm. is it i mean you know uh 
Anselm and eleven hundred, like that's six hundred years difference. Yeah. That's a big difference. Right. Uh, when does it stop? When did the Middle Ages stop? Is it stop with you know William of Ockham or John Buridan, fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred? Luther is he a med- is he a medieval? Is Descartes actually a medieval, or was he the first modern? Was he the last medieval, right. or is he yeah. both? And so modern, so modern art, classical art, but I think we generally. We don't need to have a specific definition about a term that doesn't have a definition. We can just okay. So use by it. modern art, what you're talking about? Contemporary art, we can art talk being made, yeah, relatively recent, hundred years ago. What basically, I mean, focal meaning, focal cases are nice. You might think of a Jackson Pollock. Your people might people might be familiar with Jackson Pollock, just the, the paint spread on there. Andy Warhol, for instance, might be a case of this. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, soup cans. Um, you might think of uh, Franz Klein as my favorite uh, modern artist. Um, a lot of uh, black strong black painted you know simple against white backgrounds uh clifford still you might be familiar with they might be familiar with him or um mark rothko might be really familiar so these kind of big uh canvases there's a chapel in houston i went to mark rothko chapel um and just this room that has these really dark uh colored because it's always tricky exactly what color it is i'm looking at um but really really dark uh walls uh-huh. of, of his painting so everyone kind of can have a picture of his painting that let's call it, that's let's say that's modern art abstract art whatever so that's bef- what we're talking before about. we continue i want to yeah. clarify my hatred got it it's for stupid art <laughs> oh that is hateable not for does it i don't yeah. care which stupid not, art is so i don't hateable. hate art from a time period i hate stupid art yeah it just turns out a lot of stupid arts produced today. There's a lot to. more now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because back in the day they were shooting for something beautiful, and now they're shooting for something bizarre. I don't and know, man. I mean, you look at still life sometimes. I think like just a bunch of pears on a table. Well done. Like things that can be replaced with, I things that can be replaced with photography, for instance. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You might think is actually also stupid art. Well, you know? but the thing but about that's a that, training exercise. The thing about it is that there was still a master, like a craftsmanship to it. You know that. Yeah, but um, the, and but, I but mean that's not art. Well, that's craftsmanship. Once the photograph, once mm. the the camera was invented, um, it did kind of. I mean, yeah, like well, what's the value in this still art? Right, it's just a picture of pears, or you know, you can take a picture. Well, of the it port- now. we'll put this way. Let's skip back for a second. So portraits. Uh-huh. Right, so you might think a picture has replaced portraiture, but anyone I, I care a lot about. So John Singer Sargent is one of my favorite artists, the great American painter, um, and great portraits, gigantic portraits of, of of various and sundry people, and they're absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and you might think, oh, his, you know, and he, there paint, there were pictures around when he was when he was doing it. Uh-huh. But why, why care about him, and why look at his at his his portraits? And you ought to, um, because a picture just gets surface details. Right, a portrait is able to say something almost three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. It's a great um, uh, f- one of my favorite my favorite philosopher of art is uh, Richard Volheim. Uh, he was a 20th century um, figure, and he talked about when we look at pictures, the phenomenology. What are we doing? And he says it's, it's a prop of seeing in something, seeing in. Right. And with a when book of portraits, pictures we just look at. We right. see that as that. Yeah, picture. That's the way it. That's the way it is with a portrait. That's the way I wanted it to be. Not just. Not just that. No, actually, I think that's the way. Picture is that's the way it is, and the portrait is that's the way it really is. So with a picture hmm. of a person, you just get. You know, you get kind of. It's something flat about it. Whereas a portrait, like if you look at John Senior Sargent's portraits, when they're drawing, he's 
tell you it's almost like you can see that person's you almost know that person there's something yeah. about their soul and just by the way he structured it by the choices the facial expressions because he has he has chosen how to say something about that person that ideally the point is it should be who that person is a good portrait of that person is the best expression of who that person is right. so expression it's saying if i want to know lady agnew Okay, is one of his famous famous paintings. It's in Scotland. It's absolutely gorgeous. You look at this, and it's not just a picture. I can see that this is a woman who is in royalty, but she actually didn't come from that. Hmm. But you can see it in you can see in that that yeah, sort of thing. That's amazing. So that's what so painting is. The idea is that you're not just you're not just representing this, yeah. but you're saying expressing something. Again, it's in a sense that the form every right? line is intentional and. For yeah. a reason. That's that's a now, and it's and and it's but and it's not and we don't praise just the craftsmanship. It is craftsmanship to be able to do this. And, mm-hmm. and John Cena Sargent, with the palette he has, color palette, uses a smaller palette to be able to do these things is incredible. But it's it's not the craftsmanship so much because there are plenty of good craftsmen who are really good about detailed things, and they're not art. You know, like a great car is really well fine crafted. What a piece of art! Not really because not it's not expressing something about largely human nature. Or about values and truth. Now, abstract art. Yes. This is so. In the count of say Pollock or Klein or or Rothko, we'll stick with Rothko because people might be familiar with him. Rothko is not painting portraitures. He's got giant, huge uh, canvases that are just this dense, rich color. Could be orange. Could be yellow. In his chapel, they're largely black or purple. Just this incredible dense thing. And you look at this, you think, what the heck is that? It doesn't look like anything. That's exactly what I think. Exactly. And then you'd remind yourself, didn't didn't I just agree that art wasn't about so much representing something as expressing something? Oh, okay. Well, what is this thing trying to say? What was why was he doing this? To get a paycheck? No. It's, I mean, we do everything for some reason that. But like he could have done other things for a paycheck. Maybe even made more money if he'd done that. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do this particular thing. He wanted to paint this particular way with these particular shapes, configurations. What What was he trying to say? What was he trying to say? You might think, there is no way to know. We can't. But let's be skeptical. If he's a good artist, if a good artist, just like a good conversationalist, I mean, how do I know what you're actually saying? I know what, you, I, know what I would mean by the words out of your mouth. But I don't know the words as you would say them. Uh-huh. There is no way for us to communicate. Mm-hmm. No, we're in the same. We speak the same language, live in the same culture, same. You know, there's lots mm-hmm. of similarities, so I can interpret what you say. Your words can turn into meanings for me that I can trust. That more or less, we're good. And if I have questions, I can do this sort of thing. Art is a conversation as well from the medium. And what is Rothko trying to say? Well, I think it's this: if you sit in front, you have to, and you have to sit with art and contemplate the mod, abstract art requires a little more time in a sense. You have to sit and look at it and say what. In a sense, is happening to me. What is it trying to convey? What do I? What am I experiencing? Not in the sense of like feelings, but in a sense of like what? What is it trying to to represent to me? And with Rothko, he's trying to represent the kind of deep unconscious aspect to our our humanity that we're inclined to forget about in our over rationalization. Freud does this with books, with words, and stories about neurotics on couches and it's fine but you have to read over a bunch of things 
Roth, not really a big fan of him either. Right. <laughs> but Rothko, right. But you might say, you might say, let's let's assume there's a truth to human nature, which is such that I do assume that. Which assume yeah. And one of the truths about human nature is such that there are unconscious or subconscious elements that our passions slide up and have effects on our consciousness and our higher ordering function reasoning that we are not always aware of, but that we can come to realize, wow, as we've all done at some point, I was really actually saying that because of this sort of, I'm actually much more guided by these kind of unconscious things in some ways. They color a little bit how I speak. Let's assume that's the truth about human psychology. Okay, right? can we can we stop here? Yeah. Because I'm I not familiar with the picture, but I'm trying to, the one, the painting that you're referring to, I'm Rock trying to him. picture it in my head. Spot, there's just plenty like of them. A dark, you know, and so it's like, all right, if, if someone were to see that, if mm. he paints that, puts it out, never yeah. says anything, and everybody, like, never, he, 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 he said everything. Okay, but if, yeah. how do you If it's you a good know, art, he doesn't need to. Well, yeah, d- how do you know that's what the painting is about? How do I know that your words are about the things you're saying? Because, there because is, there's a common acceptance. Uh-huh. Okay. And to me, the abstract art is like, okay, I could use words. You know, we have these words that mean specific things. Or at least... Uh, There's a range. Yeah, a, a range. Okay. Yeah. And abstract art is me just going like... And just making noise. Okay. And maybe it means something to me and it might make you feel something uh-huh. or it might like be significant to somebody yeah. but it doesn't actually mean anything well how can it if it can't mean anything you can't understand it you can't grasp it at that's, all well that's how but I you're surely <laughs> to reject it you gotta have a judgment because you're making a judgment about it so you gotta have some grasp of meaning on we it. have rules <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> just like music you can't just like pound on the keyboard you have to talk about jazz aren't we remember just we can the, talk about just jazz. Just play the right notes. All right. We're going to keep this conversation going. I'm really, because yeah. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. On the other side of the break, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Was that number four? Yeah. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, that went fast. That went really fast. Okay. So. Yeah. Because I would, I would like to appreciate this art because yeah. abstract art is very. What's his, very what's his name? I wanna, I wanna, Ro- Mark Rothko. Um. But okay, R- we O-T-H-K-O. have for all like all you okay. know the the history of of the painting is very long and rich, mm-hmm. and you know you there the words of art are symbols, right? There, that there should be something that represents specifically something mm-hmm. that everybody knows. That represents something. Now, maybe you can use those symbols in interesting ways, you know, or unexpected ways. That's but not even how language works, though. I mean, lang- no, because we just talked about this. If I go to if I go to Italy and someone's blah 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 blah, I I can hear him. He's got the right sounds, but I don't know what the hell he's saying. But they do mean something. Yeah, well, so does they but, mean a but, specific but see, thing. You see, what I'm saying like with Rothko, he might he might you might say I don't understand what you're saying here, and he's like you're because you're not you haven't learned my language yet. But it doesn't mean that my language is mean, is meaningless. Is this the one you're talking about? It, well, it's, but that's one of them. He does plenty of these things. It's it's fine. Okay. They're all this. I mean, they're, as you could tell, they're all basically the same thing. Giant color, yeah. giant, and these are big, giant color splotches. Okay. You know this sort of thing, um, and with that, I mean, again, the idea is it's supposed to express something. Oh, the black ones are so. Black ones do more for me than others, and that's the point. Is like some people feel differently than funny as other ones. Um, what he's trying to get at, I take it, Rothko. That's probably his most famous. That one right there. That one? Yeah. Uh, what I take it is, and you have to okay. m- remember, this is not just a little picture here. 
this thing is like the Huge. size of this room. Okay. And you sit in front of it. And you, in a sense, it's weird. It, the experience of it is, is it draws out these kind of um, subterranean emotions because it's, it's a color, color swatch that's painted over and over and over again. So it's very rich and deep and dense. And you, when it's there, it's drawing out of you these kind of unconscious, bur- bubbling up aspects. And to my mind, the aspect, what he's trying to say there is to remind you again of the unconscious dimensions of my rationality. And, mm. and that gets it, that expresses it to me in more than just, you have unconscious rationality, mm-hmm. right? Just like, you know, if I, if I wanted to describe, paint you, I could just describe he's this tall and has this sort of thing, like in words. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't express as much as actually the p- picture, nor, more importantly, the portrait of you, if that's like the best way to express you because it's, because it, it's embodied in this way. This is an embodied message like that. about, that's Kadinsky. I don't know what his, he's up to. Like, because this is but like disorder. Just, like, to well, me, that looks disordered. Like, and maybe, and is his, I mean... The ones where, and th- what I'm talking about for the audio, uh, audience, the, yeah. in audio, it's is like, like flinging, flinging paint, paint <laughs> Oh, the Jackson Pollock, the Jackson Pollock could be a kind of a case where, so Jackson Pollock people might be familiar with, it just looks like paint, He's and he paints by just throwing paint and all this sort of thing. Right. And you might say, this is a bunch of nonsense. But then you ask him, like, what are you intending to do here? Because but see, you have to ask him. Well, I have to ask anyone what they're what they're intending no, to do. No, see, here. I think that's unless the I know the language. That's a that's the difference. Is unless that I know the language, you look at a Michelangelo, but or, he understands the language. That's what he just. But said. no, yeah. w- When you see it, every but you immediately know because oh, that's that's a person. You yeah. know, like here's I know how these the I can see and f- just by being there realize okay the relationship between the. The figures represented is such because of the way the artist has depicted them, yeah. right? There's a real message there. And when I look at abstract art, I just see like, well, if I don't ask the artist what this is supposed to mean, I will never know. Well, if you don't know, if you don't know what he's intending, uh-huh. you don't have some sense of his palette and not just color palette, but his meaning palette, you could say. Mm-hmm. Like you could read, for instance... T.S. Eliot's The Wastelands go to poetry in this way. Uh-huh. This might be helpful because it's, it's, it's closer to words. Okay, yeah. Literature is sometimes helpful in this way before we switch back to the medium of paint. Um, T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. You might think, I don't know what the heck he's talking about. Poetry. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the heck he's talking about. Poetry is just not, why doesn't he just write prose? Poetry is confusing, Ezra Pound, I don't get the cantos. Poetry's stupid. He should just come out and say what he means. And then you might think poetry is therefore dumb. Mm-hmm. And in that analogy, but no, you I have see, to. I see the analogy. You have to figure yeah. out. You have to figure out like what he's he's saying something, and he, he's saying it in a particular way because he thinks that's the best way. And when you spend time with poetry, like if you read the Wasteland over and over again, you realize like, you know, there is really no better five-page, ten-page discussion of Western nihilism and its rejection of Christianity, and it's like it's this deep need for a God than this these five fragmented stories, these people's lives. And you couldn't do that by just describing a commentary in the wasteland. The poem itself has to express that. Right. But I had to figure out, I had to kind of get used mm-hmm. to his genre, you could say. Okay. With, with abstract art, switch over to that is, well, Jackson Pollock, friends, I don't like Jackson Pollock, right? Of course, I don't like a lot of poetry, but it might be my fault. I'm open to that. And Jackson Pollock, mm-hmm. what is he trying to say? Well, if you actually like, I have to go to him and say, all right, what, what's up to here? Just give me, just give me a little hint. And then I, if you tell me the language, the kind of genre you're doing here, then I'll bet I could probably, you know, now I'm kind of speaking your language. 
And his thing is the infinite space of canvas. So one of his, one of the things he says is not saying everything about everything, but he paints slapdashery because he most painting is like I have a frame, and then I have to do this art within that frame, and it's all very constricted and consigned. And he wants to say, if you look at this, they're big canvases, there's no edge to them, and in fact, there's no structure to how the colors work on them intentionally, because I want to express the limitless and the infinity of the universe in this capacity. I want to show, because we have such a hard time grasping boundarylessness to things, and this is the way I've expressed that. And you might say... Not a great expression. I don't really get that. I don't really. I'm also not interested in the limitless of the universe, where I'm interested in nihilism in Western culture or something. You know, so I'm I'm more keen to pick up on that particular thing than that. Okay. But it's it's similar to that. So it requires it just like I mean, all art requires a little more. You could say uh, input, like you have to put in a little more representations. Art's easy because it's just like eh, shapes. But we all know that because of cameras, like art. When art's done well, it's doing something else. And it might require me to put in a little more, but the idea is you get more, you, idea is you sh- ought to get more bang for your buck. Just like if you, if I did sit down and pay attention to poetry and learn a bit about rhyme and meter and pay attention to what the poets are doing, uh, then actually I'd be able to read Ezra Pound's cantos and would be able to understand it. Now, what I don't like about art is, is time, many people fake it. That's the problem is many people say, oh my gosh, T.S. Eliot, The Wasteland, just the greatest poem. Yeah, I mean, Jackson Pollock, what a beautiful piece of art. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, what? Why? What makes that? And usually they're going to they're say something like, well, they're not going to say this, but it's going to sound like, well, people said it's good. Right. And it's like, who cares? Have you done the work? The weirdo over there with the strange haircut who seems to be the expert here, yeah. said he liked it. And I mean, so you've all been experienced where you're sitting I in front of an art gallery, to. an art gallery, and you're like, it's just incredible, the Mona Lisa. Now, Mona Lisa doesn't do much for me, you know? But like, but it's very you, small. You, friend, you get in front of it, and you think, and, and you're like, but you feel this compulsion to say, wow, just incredible. It's sort of like being famous for being famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, oh, okay, so but I agree with you, actually, on this. Until I, I uh, read Da Vinci's, like, uh, one of his the Da Vinci uh, Code, Dan Brown. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it's uh, love that Walter Isaac. <laughs> oh yeah, wrote, wrote yeah, yeah. Book, great uh, biography. Yeah, yeah. He's good on biographies. Yeah, really good. And so he was he was talking about how actually Da Vinci he would start out by uh, like this is why he was he was so into dis- dissecting like human beings mm-hmm. and understanding like how they function and like what muscles and how yeah. they move and by by moving this way your muscle actually twitches this yeah, way yeah. and understanding all these things and so like what he would do though is he would start out by painting the inside of a person and go to the outside of the person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in the Mona Lisa, like he started out by like just painting the skin, you know, and then, then her undergarments and then her outer garment, you know, and like just continued like layer. A, like you would layer, yeah. Like you would yeah, layer, yeah. layer it up. And then so I would have, before I knew that, I would have looked at the Mona Lisa and be like, yeah, that looks like a girl kind of smiling, you know, um, fine. Like, I wouldn't date her, but, right. you know, but, not but, that attractive. No, right. I thought Italians were attractive. But, right. But then once I knew, okay, what was he doing? How was he doing it? You know, how he came to to this. Well, here's the, here's then the I question. Had a much more appreciation. For right. It. But, but see, and I just want to push on this. Um, did you appreciate that for the craft? So in that, you're appreciating, like, wow. Yeah, it turns out it doesn't look that hard, but he did a lot of work to do that, mm-hmm. which is appreciating art as a craft. But I think that art is more, it, it has that. Mm-hmm. A great, you have to be a great craftsman. Yeah. 
But it's but what really matters the art and what makes art distinct from craft is that it's, it expresses some truth, some account, and that's something where you might have to know how did he go about proclaiming that? How did he go about what ordering this and all this kind of stuff? Like for instance, Franz Klein is another. He's my my favorite modern artist, and he has large white canvases with you know black shapes and stuff. And and it's important to realize that actually he uses just paint he bought at the hardware store. This black. It's a there's a it's a kind of you can get a sense if you look at it. And it's like this kind of matted black, and you think this is not. And his his art. One of his art directors at one point like went in at night in a studio and replaced uh, his black paint with painter's black paint. And he's he's an artist, so he realized right away this is not my paint, and went out to the hardware store and bought this. But it says he's he's trying. He says I'm going to paint. It's an anti-elitist point he's trying to make. I'm going to paint with with ordinary things because life is has an ability to be use the ordinary to say something profound in this way. Now, you get a sense, now you see, they're like, yeah, that paint does look like ordinary paint or something. But I, I did have to ask him and know something about the his craft, but the message is still not qua the craft of how he painted in this way, mm-hmm. but what he's saying by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's easy, but it is, it's easy to, to confuse art with just re- figurative representation, uh, with just craft, because yeah. they're involved. They see, are involved. And... I am once again willing to like own up someday that maybe I'm wrong, but like okay, like because yeah right. Qualifying someday, I I might that it's there's value in putting out some artwork that's showing you know like the ordinary things of life. Yeah. However, I think it's just a cheap way to do it, and I I don't mean that no pun intended that you're buying cheap paint, but you know like I think it would be more beautiful. It Uh. would be. Better art, because I don't. I don't believe that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I yep. believe in an objective, <laughs> no one does. an objective yeah. standard here. And I yep. think it would be better art if you found a way uh-huh. to paint it. Yeah, I got you. Okay, it, to where don't like worry about it. I got you in this one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me okay. Switch, let, me, oh, let me give you an example good. on this. All right. Good. So here, maybe this is maybe this is the concern. It looks like a kid did this. Th- yes, that it's What's, you might be this master artist, but that. Nobody can tell the difference between mm-hmm. what you're doing and I am not an artist. I can do almost everything well, except for I cannot draw <laughs> or paint. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. am the worst. But yeah. I think I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, it, the important part is uh, with all things with Descartes, I think. The, um, yeah, Kogito. But I, <laughs> here's the, here's, let me make a quick music form of, of art and I'll switch back to okay. this. Um, uh, jazz, for instance. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's mm-hmm. classical music. You're following this, the notes. Some jazz and the solo is the important part. And jazz is always offbeat, this sort of thing. And the solo is this kind of this made up thing. You think mm-hmm. anybody? I mean, what's so special about that? He's just kind of going off and doing his own thing. He's totally free. He's not actually being attentive to the music, sort of thing. Now well, I'm a yeah, yes. Oh yeah. You have, to, you have right. to follow the scales, and you have to. You have to exactly. So I'm, I'm a jazz musician, and oh, you the are. solo, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But clarinet, saxophone, and j- Dixland, and and jazz, and soloing and being a jazz musician, it's it's harder than being classical because you have to understand the chord progressions. Mm-hmm. You have to know where you are in these things. And I'm good at soloing in like in key of G because it's it's easier for me to do. Whereas like when I see you only know, three, one flat. Yeah, exactly. When I see three flats, I think it's one sharp if it's in trouble. Um, if I see three flats, something I'm like I a flat, I'm just. I know I'm pants at this. So I'm going to stick to my my kind of tried and true because yeah. I, I don't trust my my ability to do this. And so while jazz, I think a lot of people think jazz is just you know making stuff up. It's like actually it's predicated on the fact that this guy already knows all the stuff in the background. And he's yeah. going further now. Claim uh, with abstract art, and this is just a, a claim that you might make. It might be good to try it. Um, is that 
the artists who paint abstract art, Picasso, Klein, Still, uh, Pollock, others, Warhol, mm-hmm. they can do the other part. Like the only reason that they can paint abstractly and it have any significance might just be because they actually understand all the skills in the other ones okay. and have only gained the ability to improvise, to create, because of the knowing how to follow the rules. Just like a poet can can make Shakespeare makes license he takes license sometimes in the English language at certain points grammatically. Not because he made mistakes, but because he understands the language perfectly fine. Right. Like, Jackson Pollock, I have no doubt, can reproduce for you Van Gogh, um, Degas, uh, Caravaggio, to an extent. He's, he's trained to do that. He can do that. He chooses not to, but somehow, and I don't know, and I'm not going to defend Jackson Pollock because I don't like him really that much, but some of these modern artists... Mondrian, for instance, they can do the other thing, but they're not doing it, and their ability to do what they do might be predicated upon their craftsman and the skill and their ability to see the other one as it is. Can it's I possible. You, can right? I ask you a question? Yes. In, it's a, in re, you're allowed in to ask two thousand years. Yes, we will still be talking about the works of Michelangelo, Caravaggio. Will anybody know? Other than there, I think that there will be people uh, who's like, okay. This painting is historically significant, yeah, because it was the first one of its kind. Okay, yep. But will people know abstract artists? Like, will these paintings stand the test of time? Because I, I just, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm skeptical on whether or not that's a good question. They will. I don't think. Um, <sighs> I mean, most paintings don't stand the test of time. So very true. You very only true. need you only need a few of them to be in parody with the other ones for that to work. Um, but will that, that's yeah, a fair, that's a fair point. But will yeah, will for instance, let's put it this way: if we lost all of Caravaggio's works, I would feel that we'd be missing some human creation that mm-hmm. expressed truth in a profound way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we lost all of Clifford Still's works, most of them in the Clifford Still Museum in Denver, they're spread around all. But he's got a, a big collection there or something. If we lost all, of, my dad's favorite is Clifford Still. Um, if Clif- we lost all Clifford Stills' works, um, would we have missed out on a fundamental experience of, of reality in Western civilization? I would say no. I would say no. That's mm-hmm. probably right. Now, so is the claim is the claim that abstract art, therefore, is not art uh, and valuable because it's not eternal? Does it turn out that art has to be have eternal value, or can it have a value in the time and speak in the way and speak at the time it's going? Uh, or, or is it? That's I would. Say, I wouldn't use the word eternal. I would say transcendental. Transcendental. Uh, does transcendental? Yeah. Does transcendental mean uh, across all time and space? Um, can it get at? Can you get at? Let's put it this way. Um, can modern? Can an abstract modern art get at a truth that is transcendental, like infinity, like the unconscious, or something like um, uh, st- structure and lack of structure uh, from Mondrian or something? That's that seems to be a truth. Will it? Is it certainly harder for us to relate to? Is it mm-hmm. more abstract? Yeah. 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 Well, right. Certainly. But does that mean it's less? Does that mean? Does that mean it? it uh, yeah. Would it surprise me that it, it's not held longer time? No, probably not. Um, it would be a shame if we miss if some of it was gone. Um, but, but I don't think it's as important as Caravaggio mm-hmm. in that way. Partly because it's trying. It's not trying to be. That kind of it's trying not to express that kind of thing. 
I mean, Caravaggio, like the calling of St. Matthew, this is trying to express, I mean, a whole lot, right? Like yeah. man's discipleship, God's choice, election, the creation, and Adam. There's just a lot going oh, on yeah, there, yeah, right? It's a very rich um, Whereas, like, for instance, Mondrian is not, he's but, making one little simple thing. And you may think, just not a lot there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just one point. Keep okay. Going. Just keep going. Well, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I you yeah. have you have not changed my mind, but I appreciate I appreciate the defense. Yeah. I've never actually even met anybody who oh, yeah. who could make a make a an argument. So you've given me you've given me things to think about. Mm-hmm. Um and I am sympathetic to the art to the argument that abstract art is simply not trying to do the same thing. Yes. That, that impressionist art or realist, you know, what what did you? Like, yeah, realistic art. Realistic, fine. Yeah, yeah. That it's just simply not trying to be the same. Um, I just get frustrated with the artists. I think themselves <laughs> because to me, I think a lot of them are just charlatans. Well, uh, so I, I don't like. Or, and and uh, you know what? Gonna... I'll probably spend time in purgatory someday for being so judgy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting though that you said like, some of these. Uh, abstract artists yeah. can do the things that some of these other masters have done, but yeah. they just choose not to. That's right. To me, that there's a disorder there. It like bothers like me. If that bothers it me. Does yes. Bother like me. so, but like, why like, not? Why not make something like, beautiful? Because like look, That's, look, like my, like Michael, like well, because David, art isn't like about statu- beautiful. Yeah, you know the statue of David. Like look how amazing that is. Why do right? we make so another you, one of those? And, like so, you're telling me you can make yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, but you choose Why? you choose not you, you choose well, a lesser good over a higher good. Machines can do that, but that's not but that's not what it. Uh, well, machines can do all the painting. And yeah, AI. I mean, I mean, with the artificial intelligence. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, because I think uh, part of part of art is not just about copying; it's about creating. Yeah, I think art. I right. Think, I think a good part of art is is bringing to something in a sense new that's never been there before. Yeah. So you could say the same thing about this sculpting. You know, a machine could do it, but it, yeah, yeah, it's just copying. Not for the first time. Yeah, it's not. But if you're like, creating. he could do Michelangelo's David, and it's like, well, it's already been done. You know, there's no more. There's we could just have more versions of that. Do a different one. I mean, the artist. The point of the artist is, is to say something. Is to try to express something uh, new, not for new novelty's sake. But for the sake of telling telling some truth, either we already know in a different way, in a new way, or telling us something we've forgotten, or telling something that we're not really attentive it's like to. Like philosophy, art in that way. Yeah, that's. I mean, art art is in the German tradition, at least um, the German idealist tradition is art is the first level of what's known as like this, the realm of the spirit. It goes art, religion, and philosophy. These are all really ways of dealing with the spirit mm-hmm. and not with the empirical world. And art's, the, right. art's the, the weird transition one because it requires the empirical world. You can't have art without um, like matter in some fashion. Like poetic knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they could, no, but they could do that. Um, but it does, yeah, after art requires you to put in a little more, um, and I think people just kind of, people cheat on this, and this is why I think people, I, this is why I think it's, it's, it's bad or why it's difficult and frustrating to me is because it does require you actually to pay attention and, 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 and think about what they're actually trying to do, what their genre is, what they're intending. And that's not always clear. It's not meant to be clear. It's meant to require, this, but some of it is supposed to be absolutely clear, but some of it we're just not good at listening to. And then people will just say, oh, it's just great. Yeah, I just get it. It's totally great. And it's like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, it's not 
always clear. And sometimes it's not worth it. I mean, the ins- Caravaggio Caravaggio's- is it worth it? That's a good question. I mean, there's lots of questions of, of like, you know, is it you could know lots of things, but is it worth it to know those things? Like, right. you know, Russian, it'd be great to read. It'd be great to read Dostoevsky, Brothers Karamazov in Russian. It'd be really great. Right. My translation, I'm sure, is missing out because I know how translations work because I can read other languages. Right. Is it worth it for me to learn Russian? to read Brothers Karamazov, even though it would be good? I think the answer is no. So you might say, I think the answer man, is no. <laughs> I'll bet there's some really good stuff in this Rothko painting here that I could really spend a lot of time to get at. Is it worth it for me to learn this guy's language? Do I think the payoff's going to be there? And you might say, probably say, no, probably not. Okay. You know? Okay. I but can- you might say, Maybe. And you might be frustrated. It's like, you know, you could have made it a little easier. Like, could you have written in, like, pig Russian? Some kind of, like, well, could you have at least... Why don't you come to me? Uh-huh. Why don't you write in English anyway, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you stop it. Because he could only say some of the things he says in Russian. Right. Uh, John, David Foster Wallace has beautiful articles about this. How the, Dostoevsky says things in Russian, like, flying at. We, we translate it, it sounds silly. And it's like, he's always flying at you. Whereas in Russian, that's not a crazy phrase or something. So some things just don't translate well. Right. Right. And it might be the case that like Rothko just says, look, what I'm trying to say about the unconscious, for instance, I'll use that example again, just can't be said without these giant spaces, huge canvases, giant, deep, rich colors with their with their borders that draw you in and almost like pull out of you this other part that's there with you and that you now have to deal with. And I can't do that without doing this. Like Caravaggio can't do it. He's trying to say something else. I'm trying to say this. If you don't give a rip about the unconscious and about human psychology on this depth, deep level, okay, you shouldn't be reading my stuff or looking at my paintings. Mm-hmm. But if you think that might be boring, you're like, hey, yeah, okay, that's actually pretty neat. That's fair. That's I fair. still don't like it. <laughs> hey, that's the thing. I mean, beauty is not in the eye of the beholder, and the judgment of taste is not arbitrary. Yeah. But it there is something about there's something about art where it like and pleasure has something to do with it and when that is involved then you can appreciate different art forms and and there are other art forms that i give more credit to that i also don't appreciate well i suppose it's like it's not unlike taste in the sense of the gustatory taste and like food right you could say like there are things that everyone ought to appreciate like if you do not like a hamburger a good hamburger and not european hamburger i had most recently but american i'm like real good hamburger like cheeseburger yeah real beef i mean i think there's something deficient with you probably if you really don't like this yeah right unless you have uh, some particular reason for that or like ballet well. okay so like i just don't particularly enjoy ballet uh i'm sure that if i learn you know got into it more and invested you know like learned yeah. russian in you to go with your analogy you know i could really appreciate some of the ballets and i just i you know what i just i i'm fine without it yeah yeah uh, once your daughter wants to do it then we'll see we do irish dance uh, okay which yeah and some people are like it's what's the jumping up and down and nonsense i just don't is it yeah. athletics why don't you just go running well You're like no it's got this you there's know catholic history behind it actually but well it's got the history behind a lot of stuff another, another podcast Andy Warhol was a was a parishioner at our church in Saint uh, Saint Vincent Fair. And there's a little you can find out where you can oh, see cool. where he's sitting, pointed out there. So he was always oh, cool. in the church there. Yeah, his paintings do nothing for me. Pop art, I'd have a tough time with. It's yeah. trying to it's 
pop art is trying to say too much. I don't know what pop art is. So like you've seen Andy Warhol's um, uh, Campbell sample, Campbell Soup cans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This kind of thing, you know, like Marilyn Monroe and five different things or whatever. It's just multicolor. It's just kind of like silk screening stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's not trying. That's trying to say something. That's a meta art kind of pop art. You're trying to say something about what art is as opposed to art itself. You know, and that's a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't. That's like too. A little, and I'm a philosopher, so when you get too meta on me, you must be. You must be <laughs> I get it. I, you know I know he's trying to say something, but I'm just not interested. I wish yeah. all those artists who like are able to make it and they make tons of money. It's like, you know what? Good on you, man. Uh, I'm really happy that you were so successful. I still don't like your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. great. It's yeah. great for them. Yeah. But yeah. And I also think like abstract art is kind of like mathematics uh, in that it's really there's something cool about it <laughs> but but the thing is you all know someone seems to be the opposite you all know someone well it's, it's just it's pure form this idea of abstract stuff so uh so it's so it's trying to formalize as much as possible and you might and everyone knows someone who's just like pure mathematician or something i'm sure there are good people out there but like pure math is not the place you're supposed to live that's the realm of angels you know yeah. for us we need human flesh and kind of emotions and all mm-hmm. of this and some of the some of the abstract art it's just it's just it's in trying to send a, a sort of super abstract formalist message, and that's cool. But we're also embodied again. And that's why the the more realist you could say, even though it turns out that the representationalism is not the only thing they're doing. More the most important thing, it's still the right vehicle to convey convey for us poor mortals. That in some ways, abstract artists are trying to do art for mathematicians or angels, and that's why it's not actually interesting to us, and probably ought not to be. Here's what needs to happen. Somebody from the Washington, D.C. area needs to have Adam and I come and give a talk to their parish yeah. so that you can take us to one of the museums oh, in the area. Love it. And then we can we can sit before one of these things and... Uh, Discuss. Yes. Richard Volheim, Richard Volheim said... Uh, I, would lo- I would love to do that. And I'd love to do it. Richard Volheim said, he, he asked, he said paint, looking at a good painting takes about two and a half hours. Because the first hour, you just have to clear the distractions of the mind to be able to attentive to actually hear and try to see what in what this painter is trying to do. And the next hour and a half, you have a shot at getting what he's saying. It's like prayer. So, but I have longer one, discussion. I have one other question yeah. for you. Would you say that abstract uh, art uh, is a lower form of art or a higher form of art? Um, <laughs> Is that even is that even yeah, a fair question? Is that an unfair question? I don't know. Would, would um, I don't know. Is is it's like poetry and pro? See, I think poetry is a higher form, form of the than language prose. and prose, but like different. Because you, but you could have. I guess we're comparing between prose. Like, you're simply saying what you're saying. Yeah. Poetry. You're saying what you're saying yeah, yeah. and more things at the same. I guess the time. analogy would be: um, Is T. S. Eliot a higher form of poetry than William Carlos Williams? Uh, or something like a different kind of poetry and you might think yeah and you, what's the standard well complexity of the language and like well but if he's not if actually you get a lot more through the pure simplicity of the red red wheelbarrow or something than the t.s Eliot's like you know long strings of super whatever um then it's actually it's hard to compare so it depends what it depends what the higher form if if the if the point is craft and, tech and technique, you could say, you might say actually it's a lower form because it doesn't Certainly, require like well, Vermeer or something. Certainly, yeah. Um, but if you say like expression, like getting more punchy, 
right to it or something of and and the significance of it you might think actually some of them might be a higher form because they're more concentrated in an expression if art is about expression and not just representation but then again it's nice to have both again i think caravaggio is a beautiful example of someone who who it's not a they're not a picture wouldn't do what that does a paint his ex- paint mm-hmm. of that thing there's motion and, and there's movement in it in right. the way it's structured right. because it's a human creation. This is one of those things that photography, we shouldn't be surprised at this, it has no agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you chose to pick it, but everything there was just registered mm-hmm. unconsciously. Yeah. Whereas in painting, it's always it always has this element of creativity because you're always recreating, in a sense, according to how you see it. And we don't always see things mm-hmm. as they just are, but either what they ought to be, what they intend to be, what they want to be. Just, it just mm-hmm. it's it's so complex the per- our perceptual capacities as opposed to like photographic registration mm-hmm. so that brings into well what's you know but Caravaggio is the brilliance bril- his brilliance on that is able to bring not only craftsmanship of the three dimensional and all yeah. that kind of stuff but he can embed all of that mm. and yes. what I love about Caravaggio and a lot of his contemporaries and just like you go to Rome walk in any church it's just packed with all of this gorgeous gorgeous art yeah. Every single thing, like, oh, the way his finger is pointed, who's higher in the picture, what's in the background, what, I mean, like, Mm -hmm. every part of every character's body is significant of something. And to me, like, when I look at that and think about the level of, um, like, message, like, the, yep. w- w- this picture conveys dense mm-hmm. yeah it conveys a world and then mm-hmm. it's world and, conveying. and so mm-hmm. then i think mm-hmm. when i go and i if it, think about in, thinking about abstract art it just le- it's like kind of compared to it it's not it's it's we'll say this way you know what i mean it's like going to uh, abstract art in the meal sense could be like going and getting you know i don't know like a salad or something it's one thing you go to this place hey i'm going to an ice cream shop and i get an ice cream or something mm-hmm. whereas caravaggio might think it's like a banquet it's like this is a full mm. course meal. Mm. I've got the little things, and I've got the main course, and I've got dessert, and I've got all the different flavors, right? Mm. Whereas abstract art is intending, as far as I see, it's not trying to do the multiple flavors, like a nice scotch or a whiskey, some different layers, like ooh, the f- nice finish, this sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's trying to go for some. I'm trying to say one thing pure. Okay. It's that kind of formal math okay. again. That kind of, and if we judge it on, well, you could say more. I like more things, but no, no. It's it's trying to do this one thing and right. at that, and yeah, and and so we say, is it a higher form? Eh, not in terms of the banquet style thing, but is it is it is there a sort of purity to it that gets this thing? Perhaps perhaps that yeah, okay. and that couldn't be. I've never, I've never looked at a um a Caravaggio and had and had the had the sense of the kind of deep unconscious uh, my the the things about me that I try to hide. From or don't want to acknowledge is a way that I do when I go to when I sit in front of a Rothko. See, I didn't even like know that. that was supposed to happen. Have you ever sat in front of Rothko for forty five oh, minutes? No. Oh gosh, no. But that does you. You have to if you're gonna if you're well, gonna so judge that's, that's why I said that's where we're coming. Somebody, coming. somebody from the Washington yeah. D.C. area <laughs> yeah. needs to have Adam and I come and give a talk. Yeah, we give talks yeah. and then we'll uh, we'll go to the art gallery. It's great. And we'll hang out. Yeah, in yeah. silence, yeah. looking at a picture. Yeah, we'll talk afterwards over yeah. brews. Sounds That's awesome. a great idea. Let's do it. Uh, from from Father, your lips to God's ears. Uh, Father Bonaventure, it's been a blast. Thanks oh, so much great. for Thanks for having me. It's so great yes, to hang out with you guys. Yeah, yeah thank All you right. very much. Cheers. <laughs>